welcome, welcome everybody to the Bros and Consoles podcast mini-series solo gaming updates. I am one half of your host, Nathan Choquette, as always coming to you each and every Thursday with a new episode talking about video games, new releases, and all kinds of things going on. Sometimes news, sometimes not news. Um, Sometimes we got some showcase things to talk about, and we'll get to that in a little while here. How's everybody doing, though? It's been a... Pretty pretty good week so far, I'd say. Um, obviously, all video game things aside, there's been a lot of stuff going on lately in just regular news. And luckily, everything um, yesterday for the inauguration, today is um, January 21st, so on the 20th, everything seemed like it went through okay. No crazy incidents, which is, you know, refreshing to see every now and every now and again. Uh, it's nice to know that, you know, sometimes we can have things go off without too much of a issue um, in terms of, you know, more important things going on in the world. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good week overall, which is something that, you know, not can't always say every single week sometimes, which is, you know, a, a nice change for once in a while that we get these things <laughs> but listen to me rambling on about all this stuff none of that stuff is what we're going to be talking about today because we are talking about video games as i mentioned this is episode 36 of the solo gaming updates and coming to you guys on january 21st a little bit later in the day but because we had a showcase popping up um, earlier today at 2 p.m. We had the Resident Evil showcase that happened. Um, the host, Brittany Brombacher, who is one of the co-hosts of the What's Good Games podcast, um, met her a couple times in person. She's real nice, along with um, Andrea Renee and Christine Steimer as well. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, we'll just kind of run through things. I've got a little bit more of an order this time, <laughs> and people people listening be like, "Whoa, you got stuff written down again?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're going back to just kind of like the old days where I used to write every single thing down on paper, um, not my words and stuff, but writing." kind of a a rough schedule, rough draft of what I'm going to go through. And yeah, you know, I figured my mind's a little bit clearer lately. So let's go ahead and do things that make the podcast a little bit clearer. You know what I'm saying? Um, So first up, got stuff I've been playing this past week. I had a pretty fun time with a new game that came out this past week uh, called Scott Pilgrim versus the World Complete Edition. I believe it was the full title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, wait, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, Complete Edition. There we go. I knew there was something else missing in there. Um, but, yeah, this game is a, I guess you'd say, kind of like a remaster. It's not like a full remake. Um, like a remaster of a older game came up in the past. Obviously, there's also Scott Pilgrim, the movie. And all these things are tied into the same um, universe of the comic series as well. Michael knows way more about this stuff than I do. I just know that there was a game, the game was hard, and this new game is a remaster of that game. Still hard, guys. Still hard. I am super not great at these type of, I guess, like side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of things. But I got to play a little bit uh, solo as well as I managed to snag Michael in for, for a game for say around like 20 30 minutes or something it was pretty fun now i have to say like obviously playing through these side scroller beat-em-ups on your own is one thing it's kind of just really all about like managing your position with all the enemies and stuff and trying to you know survive the entire thing it's pretty difficult for this type of game surprisingly like i'm used to maybe um 
I don't know, maybe it's in the past there were other side-scroller beat-em-ups that were more manageable than this one is proving to be. Um, this one, it seems different in the sense that like enemies are way more aggressive in certain areas than I'm used to in things like, um, shout out some old games here, like uh, Final Fight and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff. Like those ones I feel like I could handle, you know, to, to an extent. Um, this one though, yeah, like I said, the enemy is real aggressive. They'll kind of just like run up to you on screen and just like immediately like jump kick kind of thing and stuff. Um, and then the thing is too, when you get caught into a enemy kind of like hitting you and stuff, generally they're doing some kind of combo and you can't like get out of that combo. And maybe I'm not playing it correct. Uh, Michael was the one who, when we had our um, co-op mission and stuff, he did mention to me that there's a button for guarding. And I'm not sure if it's something that you can activate while you're being hit because I didn't see him doing it and I didn't try to do it. So I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to play around with it a little bit more, see if I can get a little bit better at this game. But it's a much more fun experience playing with people for sure. Um, there's the you know local co-op option as well as the online option. And I think you can do up to four players in either of them, which is really nice. So definitely way more fun with uh, Michael doing it. But at the same time, I do realize too that like when I was playing solo, I'm kind of like, you know, somewhat trying to go through, focus on the levels and stuff. When I'm playing with Michael, or I assume when I'm playing with anyone in co-op, I'm not really thinking too much about the level. I'm kind of just going through and like I, I found myself and, and Michael just like basically chatting back and forth about other things going on in video games and stuff we've been playing lately and Things like um, Bloodborne was coming up quite a bit and stuff because he's finished Bloodborne in the past and now I'm working my way towards it. And it was a lot of fun just kind of going through like that. We haven't done a co-op for anything in quite a while. Um, I mean, just to just to share how difficult sometimes it is to get Michael to play some multiplayer stuff is that you if you imagine that, you know, roughly... I don't know, 10-ish months ago is when we started to kind of do more like social distancing kind of things around like March sometime, right? And throughout that entire time, I don't think we played any online video games together, <laughs> which is shocking because we played a lot of stuff in general. But yeah, we mostly do kind of like single player type of stuff usually. Even in the past when we would, uh, or when we lived in the same um, apartment and stuff, we used to have just a couple TVs out in the living room and basically we'd be playing on two separate systems, sometimes the same games, most of the time different games, and we're just kind of, you know, every once in a while glancing over at each other's screens and just kind of seeing what we're all like up to and stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that, that we tend to do. A long while ago, back in like high school and middle school and stuff like that, we used to, um, I'd say like, well, for, for Michael and I, high school starting over there um but even with some of my other friends back in middle school we used to basically do it on you know local co-op on the same screen kind of thing and i think michael and i were really the first ones who kind of started this whole like dual screen situation playing either the same game at the same time or different games and stuff and yeah it's kind of that's kind of been how things have stuck around over time in terms of like how we play things when we're in the same room usually um occasionally we do go on for some like co-op and very rarely some like multiplayer um like competitive multiplayer kind of action because <laughs> that's the that's the main thing is that you know like while i'm okay with jumping into things like fortnite and call of duty and stuff like that michael doesn't really enjoy shooters too much um or like apex legends things like that so when it comes to those type of things i have to kind of you know 
really coax him into doing that stuff, which is, you know, totally fine. But it's it was a nice change of pace. I think going and playing this type of game um, is something that we both enjoyed, it seemed like, and it's something that I think we'd both be willing to do again. I for sure would probably almost prefer to like play through this game in co-op as opposed to just by myself because I have no real connection to the whole Scott Pilgrim universe and Michael I think it sounds like has read the comics and obviously seen the movie as well um, and I have done neither of those things so I think it'd be it'd be a way more fun experience overall to gonna play it with friends and whatnot so if that's something that you're interested in pick it up I think it's like $14.99 um, at full price I assume eventually in the future it may come down on sale a little bit but pretty pretty cool overall and a, a good deal if you're looking for something new to play with some friends and whatnot now, aside from that one, I played a little bit more of Immortal Phoenix Rising as well. Um, it's been fun kind of jumping into this every so often. I know that it's kind of been a similar thing where when I play Bloodborne, I will play for a while and then kind of jump out and play something else. And it seems like lately it's kind of been when I'm not playing Bloodborne, um, I've been kind of jumping over to Immortal Phoenix Rising just because it's kind of a nice... Um, I guess, like, uh, dualism going on, where in terms of, like, Bloodborne's very, you know, kind of um, dark and savage and gory and stuff, and then Phoenix Rising is pretty, you know, like, happy, and colors are popping vividly, and it's kind of more on the funny side when characters are talking and whatnot, and it's a nice kind of, like, change back and forth. I get, like, a, a good palate cleanser going on, so I've been enjoying that quite a bit. There have been some weird moments where, um, of course, like, this being more of a cartoony kind of game, the voice acting and the kind of facial animations and stuff don't always fit together in, in kind of a weird way. Um, it might just be kind of, like, the line delivery that's happening for some of these um, parts in the dialogue, but... You know, it's it's tough to say for sure whether it's just kind of like a disconnect between like the voice acting and the animations and whatnot, or if these are things that are kind of being done on purpose for like um, satirical like comedy value. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure quite yet, but I know that it's enjoyable to just kind of explore this world. And now that I've gotten the ability to actually glide with um, the wings and stuff that you kind of pick up towards the end of the prologue section it's nice to kind of be able to explore a little bit more freely and whatnot um an interesting thing is i have found a few places even in the starting prologue area that i've tried to go out to and the game basically tells me like oh you're not high enough level to do this you may need to come back at a later time which has been a little disappointing honestly um i was hoping to just be able to kind of like go and explore and do whatever i want um, but even in the beginning area, there were some chests that basically were telling me, um, and these are, chests are like collectibles kind of thing, right? Um, they were telling me basically that like, oh, you wouldn't, you won't be able to complete this specific puzzle without um, further like godly powers activated. And I was like, ah, shoot, that's unfortunate. I did manage to find a workaround for one specific puzzle that required basically... Um, a specific amount of weight on a switch to kind of open up a chest or unlock a chest basically and that one took a little bit of like finagling and I could tell like if I had access to the power that it wants me to have access to this thing would have been a cinch to just drop this like specific heavy um, stone or I guess like more like steel box on the target and whatnot but without that I basically had to carry a bunch of rocks over to this like cave on the side of the cliff and then kind of like toss them down and then grab them in mid like fall, which is a pretty like it, it was a lot of things going on at once. And I know the game didn't want me to do this, but that's how I did it. <laughs> so 
there are ways to get around some of these things and other ways that you you know are just stuck and can't get around um i think another thing i tried to go and do was a specific puzzle that made me um, control an arrow and kind of fly it through these different rings of fire and um kind of controlling the arrow and whatnot uses up stamina and i found that i couldn't actually make it through the entire puzzle because i ran out of stamina eventually and that's where the whole like oh you know you're not high enough level to do this thing came in and that's where i was well a little disappointed to, to say the least at that stuff but that's more of just kind of the um i guess like world creation puzzle creation kind of aspect in terms of kind of just going and exploring itself i think if i was not trying to play it like a normal ubisoft game that i usually try and do um in terms of just like knocking out everything in an area and then moving on to another area then it would be a little bit different so i'm going to try and play the game a little bit more organically just kind of go and explore and hopefully um buff up my character phoenix and whatnot so that she can go and take on tougher puzzles and things um because that seems like it's going to be a good part of the game as well um but i'm enjoying it so far and that's kind of the main thing there um, since I mentioned Phoenix Rising, I might as well mention I played a little bit of Bloodborne as well. I finished um, another boss. I believe it was um, the boss. It's an optional boss called Marcher Legarius, I believe. Um, he was pretty cool. It was a it was a fun boss fight. He was a really creepy looking skeletal kingly kind of figure with a scythe and a sword in his other hand and stuff and. He was, he was pretty interesting. It didn't take more than one um, fight, which was nice. But in terms of kind of like learning his patterns and whatnot, uh, I am glad that I had, you know, all my, all my healing stuff topped up and whatnot. And then when the kind of second phase started, I had to kind of learn some of the timing in terms of parries. I think this is the first boss that I've done the most like parrying on and kind of then visceral attacks um, to kind of do extra damage and whatnot because previous ones i feel like i've i think i've mentioned before i'm not great at the whole like um counter with the like blunderbuss or the the regular pistol and stuff and then kind of doing a visceral attack usually i have to if i'm doing visceral attacks it's because i'm kind of hitting an enemy's weak point so that then they go down and i can go ahead and hit that in but yeah parries and stuff like that i've never been super great at and i think i've never quite got the timing down but after Legarius, I feel like I've gotten it a little bit better. So I'm going to hopefully try and bring that forward to the upcoming bosses. Because now I know if I wanted to just complete the game right away, I could go and basically fight the next two um, main like non-optional bosses and then be, be finished with the game. But I also want to fight all the other bosses and hopefully the DLC bosses as well. So it's going to take a little bit more time. Um, and, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm taking my time, going slowly, slowing down a little bit, but I'm not minding that too bad. Um, because on the other side, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft lately. <laughs> now, weird kind of thing to, to jump back into all of a sudden, but I have been kind of jumping around on the, basically all the systems I, I own it on. Um, been playing on the PS5, which is only the PS4 version at the moment. I'm really still hopeful they'll come up with a PS5 version in the future, but that might be a ways away from now. Um, but I've been playing on the PS4 version on the PS5. I've been playing on the Vita as well, and even um, once or twice on the PS3. Um, going on the Vita and the PS3, it's more so just for like the extra trophies and things, because um, I am still keeping up with my uh, minimum of one trophy a day so that's been a nice streak that i've gotten going so far but going through and kind of just um playing through and making little 
you know, tasks for myself and whatnot has been nice. Um, on the PS4 version, I finally got the trophy where you have to play for 100 days on a specific world um, server that you're playing on. So it took me a bit of time there, but, you know, it, it something that I eventually got. And I was just kind of, you know, just constantly messing around, building new things and kind of exploring and whatnot. So it's it's been a long time coming for that trophy for sure <laughs> and not one that i'm looking forward to having to do again on the ps3 or vita but i think you know just kind of slowly going through and meandering around and stuff i finally eventually got it and at the moment i think i am trying to basically create a large um, quarry for myself so i can just kind of mine a bunch of minerals because i think only in one world in the past have i ever found diamonds which is a weird thing because I, I feel like People that are, you know, Minecraft savants or like play a lot of Minecraft have really gotten it down as to kind of like how to go and get all the resources you need. But because I create so many new like worlds and servers to go play on, I tend to not get super, super far in terms of like the resources that I'm gathering. I think the most of the time I end up getting to basically the level of having like um, iron materials and whatnot but never as far as kind of like diamonds and things there. So I'm hoping to continue, um, you know, building out this area that I'm at currently so that I can eventually get some diamonds and, you know, get some some new things there. Because I think I am something like 10-something trophies away from the Platinum on PS4. And then obviously there's so many, you know, side DLC expansions that are on there that I can get as well. But I'm hoping that this can be one of the ones that I end up Platinum platinuming eventually this year but you know who knows who knows about all that stuff and then the last one um, is a newer game that i started up recently Um, actually today i started it up it's called the liar princess and the blind prince this is a kind of different game where it's basically kind of puzzle oriented and you play as um you know this so uh, quote-unquote princess who is basically a wolf that has been given the power to kind of um, shapeshift into a princess and the story is is pretty, you know, um, it's like a storybook kind of fairy tale type of thing where your character as the wolf um, basically kind of like has a nice uh, singing voice. And she sings kind of in this uh, dark forest that's kind of surrounding this small kingdom. And every night she goes and sings and eventually this um, the prince of the kingdom ends up kind of you know, hearing the voice and he starts to visit every single night to the area that she's singing at. He's never seen who is actually singing, but all the time he'll go there and like, you know, clap and stuff when she's done. And the the girl that you play as being a, you know, a creature, like a wolf and whatnot, she is at first kind of like thinking of just going and eating the prince, but she starts to, you know, grow fond of him coming to visits and not ever like she he's never seen her but coming to visit in terms of like listening to her sing and then like clapping for her afterwards so she starts to kind of enjoy the whole like applause thing and stuff and one day i think the prince starts to try and climb up the um small like cliff that she like sings from and you know he's he's wanting to go and like see who it is that's like singing this this song and that he's been you know listening to for so long and when he gets to the top, he kind of surprises the um, the wolf or the girl wolf, and she kind of 
reflexively tries to go and like cover his eyes, but her claws basically scratch his eyes and make it so that he's no longer able to see. And that's kind of like the the crux of like the beginning of the story is that the the prince is blind and you kind of have to lead him through this forest to go see um, this witch that lives there in hopes that she'll be able to kind of grant him the ability of sight back. And it seems like a pretty like touching story overall. Um, I'm very early in it still, but it's got some some cool puzzles. There's some tricky things in there because obviously the game is trying to make make it hard for you to lead the prince through this like forest of like monsters and stuff. And you kind of have to like solve puzzles using your character's ability to transform back and forth between like her princess form and her wolf form, and then kind of using all that to solve puzzles and fend off monsters and things. Um, but it's been pretty cool so far. I like it. I think I'm about maybe like a half hour into it so far. Um, still in the early stages and I'll let you guys know as I get further into it. Cause obviously, like I've said in the past, I'm not great at puzzle games, but I'm trying to get better. And I think this will be one that kind of tests my brain a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how, how this one goes. And I like it so far. The, the music I think is one of the really nice things about the game as well as just kind of the overall art style is very pretty. So it's a cool one to check out. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on sale, I think, because I got it on sale when it was, I think, 50% off. So I got it for like 10 bucks. Uh, usually, I think it's like 19.99. But it's available on PS4 and the Vita. Um, I think it came to Vita first and then eventually ported over to the PS4. But yeah, if you guys were looking for some kind of cool puzzle game from, I think it's NIS America, um, then go and check it out. It's pretty cool. Now, got uh, a few things here. We haven't done some uh, updates and stuff in a while. And I do have some updates in terms of release dates because, you know, after the beginning of the year, we do, you know, occasionally start to get news of things being delayed. And this has kind of already started to happen. So I'll kind of run through a few delays that we've gotten. One of the games I think I missed on the initial first episode of the year was that um, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, is getting a remake that's coming out on, um, well, let's see, it was coming out on January 20th, which would have been today, or actually yesterday, and has actually been delayed to March 18th, so that's kind of one of the delays that was talked about previously. Um, another thing that was delayed more recently was Riders Republic, which was Ubisoft's um, kind of open-world I guess like extreme sports game. I don't know really what you'd call it, but all kinds of extreme sports built into to one game, basically. That was originally planned to come out on February 25th and has been delayed to sometime later this year. Um, I don't think they announced an actual release date for the you know, later part of the year, but it sounds like it's going to get pushed out um, along with quite a few other things. So we're just kind of waiting to see what all those other things from Ubisoft might be. Uh, we also heard that Outriders, a game that was coming out on February 2nd, has been delayed to April 1st. Um, it's a weird April Fool's Day kind of thing, I guess, <laughs> but these things happen. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, which is one we hadn't talked about because it had the blanket released window of 2021, got pushed into 2022, and then um, another one that was way further out already, um, Pragmata, which is a, a PS5 title that was shown i think at the initial ps5 showcase and this game was planned to be coming out in 2022 is now pushed out to 2023 obviously those are like way far away to begin with so it's not like a huge surprise or anything but you know these things do happen on occasion and then yeah i think that's actually all the 
I think that's all the things that got delayed that I have written down. There may be some other ones that I've missed, so if I missed them, feel free to um, remind me of them at brosandconsoles at gmail.com or my Twitter at IndieRonin. Either one of those are fine. Now, aside from that, like I said in the beginning here, we did have the Resident Evil Showcase happen, and like we, I think, probably a lot of people expected, it's basically all about Resident Evil 8 um, Village. I, I don't know if they're really... I'm trying to think now because I know they always call it Resident Evil Village and the whole idea is that if you, you know, capitalize all the letters in village, you can find the Roman numeral 8 inside there. So I don't know if they ever really call it Resident Evil 8 or if it's just, you know, Resident Evil Village. But, you know, I I call it it Resident Evil 8. That's just easier for me. (laughs) But, yeah, that's kind of what the main thing was going to be about this time. And I think some people were hoping for a bit more i gotta say that i i did i was a little hopeful for some more stuff in terms of you know this being called a resident evil showcase i was hoping that there may be a little bit more in terms of like other resident evil titles that may be coming um or at least more titles that would be a little bit more you know interesting for people that are you know really into the resident evil franchise Uh, but let's kind of start at the the beginning here some of the the main things that they talked about in terms of Resident Evil 8 uh, Village is that we got to see some gameplay um, from the trailers that we had on the showcase today, which is pretty cool. It really has a strong like Resident Evil 4 vibe, which I think probably a lot of people have been getting from the trailers so far. And that's not a bad thing. Like the We got to see a little bit of inventory management, which looks basically just like Resident Evil 4's inventory. Kind of got the, the, the boxes and blocks making a comeback, which is you know, good for some people, annoying for others. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on all that just because like, while I did enjoy the whole, you know, fitting things into boxes and stuff of Resident Evil 4, it also is kind of like antithetical to my normal type of gameplay um, style, which is just hoarding as much stuff as I can. (laughs) So I always know that in Resident Evil 4, I, I remembered like pretty constantly having to kind of like reorganize my item boxes and stuff and every time I would find a um, inventory expansion it was like the best thing in the world just having all all sorts of new space and stuff but it looks pretty cool so far and they, they did mention I think a crafting system as well which would be interesting to kind of see in the final game um, one of the main things they talked about was actually when it's releasing and it's actually coming a little bit sooner than I think I, I would have thought. It's coming on uh, May 7th, which is going to be a, a pretty nice game to have in May. I think right now there's only a couple other things that are scheduled for May. Um, I know Hood Outlaws and Legends is coming out on that same day, um, so far as we know, and then Deathloop on the 21st of that month. So. So far, it's looking like a pretty pretty strong month. Um, I think the strongest month so far is March because it's got quite a few things in there already and like big hitters. But in terms of kind of like how May is looking, it looks like it's starting to kind of build up a little bit more, which is pretty cool to see. I feel like usually when we get to the summer months, it starts to kind of slow down a little. So it's nice to see some big things like um, Deathloop and now Resident Evil Village coming in there as well. Uh, aside from that in the showcase, uh, we got to see some of the you know main villainous characters and whatnot. Got to see that the, the game is going to be pretty decently creepy and decently gory and stuff. Um, one of the more you know disturbing parts was a um, one of the enemies, which I don't think were specifically named. They're, they're like these um, 
So the the main like bad guys seem like they're kind of like vampires a little bit. Um, but in the sense of how we think of maybe, I don't know, things like Dracula and stuff kind of turning into a bunch of bats and then being able to fly around like that, it seemed like some of these maybe like lesser villain um, sister bad guys or whatever, they seem to turn into like a swarm of bugs, which is really gross already. Uh, and then there was a scene in there where they basically like hooked your character's um, leg with like a, a sharp, uh, I think it was like a hand scythe kind of thing, basically almost like a, like a farming scythe tool and hooked him with that. And then proceeded to like drag him through this, you know, really creepy medieval castle area over to kind of like the, the main villain lady. And it's, it's pretty, pretty creepy looking. It reminds me of almost like kind of what they've learned from Resident Evil seven, um, biohazard as well as kind of Resident Evil four and kind of mixing the two of those things together in a way. But I'm, I'm surprised that it's, you know, look, it's shaping up to be pretty cool if the trailers are kind of going to reflect the final game and whatnot. So I'm interested to play it for sure now. Um, I think a little bit more interested than I previously was just because I fell off, I think, a while ago. I, I have four, well, I basically, I'm trying to think now. Hold on a second. I think I, I have all the Resident Evil games except for the newest um, remake of three. But I've kind of, you know, fallen in and out of the Resident Evil series for quite a while. And I never actually played through all of seven because it was so creepy. (laughs) So creepy, guys. Um, But now that I'm kind of seeing that seven and eight are going to tie in together somewhat in terms of like character and maybe like backstory and stuff, I'm going to probably attempt to try and go through um, Resident Evil seven biohazard. And we'll see if I can make it through. It's a little bit unknown right now, but we'll see. We'll see if I can make it through Bloodborne. I could make it through Resident Evil seven. It'll it'll be fine big difference is that you know of course it's in first person and has more things to do with like ghosts and stuff and creepy things but we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens in the future um but yeah i think that's that's kind of like the main things that they talked about in terms of resident evil um village or resident evil 8 and they also had a little bit things to say about a i think it's like an online multiplayer type of thing that apparently is going to come with um, your purchase of Resident Evil 8. I think it's called Reverse. Um, makes it look like Reverse. It's a weird naming thing. Japan, like, studios naming stuff is always a little bit strange because, you know, they do, like, play on words and things, and it always looks a little bit weird in terms of kind of English and stuff like that translations. But, um, yeah, it's it looks like a you know, kind of comic cell-shaded... Resident Evil multiplayer game, which was interesting for sure. Like it's, I think it was just a bit jarring to kind of go from the, you know, like gorgeous nature of Resident Evil 8 over to this like cell shaded multiplayer game. It's kind of a bit of a, like a jarring transition between that and made it seem less interesting. I think people that are, you know, just into the whole like Resident Evil, like um, series and universe and lore and characters and whatnot, they may be a little bit more interested in this type of like multiplayer game. Um, But it's tough to say. And I think it's not going to really like hurt much in terms of like trying it out and stuff. If you are interested in Resident Evil 8, just because you're getting it for free. So I think that is 
probably the smartest move that they could make for a kind of unproven quantity like uh, what re verse is going to sound like but yeah I, I'd, i'll give it a try at least for sure I'll, I'll see kind of what's going on there and if people are playing it because that's the other you know big thing is that if people aren't really playing it is it going to be something that like continues on for a little while or, or how's it going to be received and stuff but time will tell for for all these things here and I think that's pretty much the main things there. I know some people were hoping for maybe a Resident Evil remake announcement and stuff, but I think honestly at this point, looking back in hindsight, it was never going to happen just because of the idea that, you know, a Resident Evil remake would steal the show from all the stuff that was shown for Resident Evil 8, in my opinion. Um, I don't think there's any real way to get around that. And then plus two, if you are trying to, you know come back with a remade version of Resident Evil 4 you got to give it its own like time and space um, similar to kind of how they did for Resident Evil 2's remake and Resident Evil 3 as well and then especially for the idea that there are some aspects of Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8 that kind of have bled over from seemingly Resident Evil 4 and whatnot you may want to give those two games a little bit more space so people don't feel you know I guess like um, too tired of the same type of like things going on in the games, but yeah, I think that's that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty eh, I'd say like out of the showcase itself, I'd give it a seven point five. We'll say so good good in terms of doing what it needed to for kind of showing Resident Evil Eight and getting people more excited for that, and then kind of the back end parts of like the other kind of announcements in regards to maybe like the anniversary of Resident Evil as a franchise and the RE-verse and whatnot kind of dragged the show down, made it a little bit slow towards the end, but we got through it. And I think in the end, we, you know, got to see a lot of what Resident Evil 8 is going to be about. And we hopefully got more people excited about it as well. So I know I'm looking forward to it now that it's uh, gotten a release date and everything and have gotten to see a little bit more of the gameplay. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, just the last few things for the episode today. Um, there is a couple games coming out or are a couple games coming out next week that I'm more excited about. Uh, one of them, I think Michael may be more excited about than I am at this moment. I'll have to ask how he's doing in his playthrough of Atelier Riza because Atelier Riza 2, the sequel is coming out uh, next week on the 26th, I believe. Um, and then as well as a game called Cyber Shadow, which is being published by Yacht Club Games, the makers of uh, Shovel Knight. And then I think the, let's see, the developer, I think, is Mechanical Head Studios, which I don't know if I've heard of before, and I hope I got the name correct there. But, you know, I think the idea that, you know, Yacht Club is going more into, like, the publishing side, um, while I'm assuming... They're also doing developing on the back end as well. Um, if they are putting their stamp of approval and putting their name on this new game, then I think it's definitely worth a shot to take a look at. Um, for sure, if at anything, just go check out the trailer because the trailer makes it look real fun, real fast, kind of like a robotic ninja Gaiden a little bit mixed with maybe some elements of game like like, like uh, The Messenger. As well as, you know, I feel like a little bit of Shovel Knight influence as well. But pretty cool trailer. Um, pretty fast paced. It looks like an interesting world of kind of like really futuristic cyber ninja kind of aesthetic looking thing. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot going on there and probably because there is. But 
it looks pretty cool. And right now, I believe it is on pre-order um, and discounted for. I'm not sure if it's just PS, um, excuse me, P- PlayStation Plus members or if it's just discounted across the board. But if you pre-order it, I believe you get 25% off. So it brings it from I think 19.99 to 14.99. And it is, I think, one of the games so far that is coming out that is going to be um, PS4 and PS5 compatible. So if you buy, if you pre-order the game, you get to play it on um, both consoles, basically, if you want to play it both places. I don't know if that means it's going to have two separate trophy lists. If it does, that'll be cool as well. little bonus thing there. But, you know, I think it's just really cool already that we're getting so many things that are, you know, going to seemingly be playable on the PS4 and the PS5 not just through backwards compatibility, but like, you know, through actual like native running on the different systems. So those are, those are kind of more like cool things that are coming out next week. I hope you guys uh, look forward to that. They're both coming out on January 26th. So no, no time to, you know, choose between the things there. If you, if you want them, you got a little bit of time left to, to get them for pre-order at least. And then of course, afterwards, if you want to get it later, that's totally fine too. But yeah, check out the trailers at least if you're interested. I think the, the, going back to the first one, Atelier Ryza 2, that one is, is more interesting just because, um, I think Gust's one of the main, um, people that works on this stuff, or I may be thinking of something else entirely, but, um, Basically, like, this is the first Atelier game that has a, like, direct sequel, which I may not, or I may have mentioned previously on a podcast, but, yeah, it still kind of blows my mind that it's kind of breaking with this natural formula that they've had going on for so many years. Like, I think they've had, I don't know, this may be, like, the 12th or 13th game or something like that. So many games out there, and pretty much always kind of comes in like a trilogy type of thing, but never like direct sequels. So it's interesting that this is the first one that's gotten a direct sequel. So I'm, I'm hoping that Michael's enjoying his time with it so far. Um, I think I saw that he's been playing that more recently, and so I have to check in with him and see what he thinks at the moment and see if if it's time to to really dive into the Atelier series like this or not <laughs> for me. Um, now one last segment I wanted to pull in here and it's not necessarily like an indie spotlight type of thing. Um, I know I'm going to be doing that more into the future. Um, I think cyber shadow kind of is our indie spotlight for this coming week. But, um, in terms of kind of looking at things that are going to be coming out or things that should have come out, I think I wanted to pull a little attention to something that I I've been asking myself lately and, I've been asking myself, you know, when's it coming? And in reference to this one, I've been talking specifically about Katana Zero. The PS4 version of Katana Zero, I think, looking, just kind of doing doing some web searches and stuff, right? We know that the Switch version came out in April 18th of 2019, so almost a couple years ago now. We know that the console version for um, Xbox One came out on October 15th of last year. So later in the year, it came to Game Pass, and I think it might still be on Game Pass as well. So people that want to play it over there can definitely grab it as well there. But I think one of the, the bigger things is that there were a bunch of news stories a long while ago that Katana Zero was coming to the PS4 as well. Um, and I think they were planning it at the time for around March. Um, I'm not sure if some of these sites just maybe had like mixed up information or had like assumed that it was coming to the PS4. But from what I can find, it seems like that was going to be a thing, right? And now it's just, you know, gone into the ether. Like the, obviously the the game never hit their March release date and they came out in April instead for Switch and um, I think PC as well at the time. 
But yeah, then going forward into the future, um, only to like a few months ago when it came out for Xbox, I was like, dude, this is so exciting. I'm going to go check the PlayStation Store right now and see if I can go get it because I wanted those trophies, you know what I'm saying? But I went and checked, and there's nothing there, and I've just seen no information on when this game, or if this game is still coming to the PlayStation system at all. Um, now, maybe we'll eventually see a version that comes to like the PS4 slash PS5 kind of thing. Maybe it'll be kind of a cross-gen type of game where you get to play it on both if you buy it um, digitally and whatnot. Or maybe there's some kind of exclusivity deal that basically saw it on the switch first and then gave it some time until it came to the um xbox and then maybe we have to wait some more time until they announce that they can come over to the ps4 slash ps5 but yeah i mean it's anyone's guess right now i may try and tweet towards the developers to see if there's any plans but obviously if if there are things signed on the back end in terms of you know the developers having talked with people like Microsoft or Nintendo and stuff and have made deals to basically keep it, you know, seemingly exclusive on like a certain area and stuff. Maybe they just can't bring it over right now. And then maybe too, they're just working on other things and it's just not taking precedent, which is unfortunate. I think if that's the case, but just because Katana Zero is such a great game that I'd, I'd want to see it everywhere that it could possibly be. But yeah, man, I just just want to throw that out there. ASCIIsoft, when's when's it coming to the PS4 slash PS5? Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Bros and Consoles podcast um, mini series solo gaming updates. I am looking forward to coming back again next week once I've gotten a little hands on time with um, Cyber Shadow. Maybe a Telehair Riza, but we'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, I think I would feel weird playing number two without having played the first one since this is a direct sequel, so that's probably not in the cards. But Cyber Shadow, though, that one's definitely looking to be pretty interesting, so I'll, I'll give you guys a, a hot take and stuff the next time as well. Um, but until then, I hope you guys continue to stay safe and healthy. Um, go play some cool video games. You can always reach us here at brosandconsoles at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at IndieRonin. You can also just find me on the PSN. If you guys picked up Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, Complete Edition, that whole mouthful. (laughs) If you pick that up and you want to play it on the PS4, um, feel free to hit me up. I will play it with you because that's what I like to do. I like to play these games together. Um, But aside from that, I look forward to podcasting for you guys next week. Um, Stay safe and healthy. Keep on washing those hands and just kind of, you know, stay as safe as possible in these in these crazy times. But until then, I wish you all a good week and a good weekend. Feel free to hit me up if you want and talk to you guys in about seven days or so. Peace out and cheers, everybody.